Hey everyone, my name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. With me today is Tom Nowak. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. So a lot of these episodes we've been talking about, um, you know, people's identity. And for you, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but a big piece of it is kind of your, your general philosophy. Um, you follow, you try to follow an, a more objectivist philosophy. Yeah, that's right. And I don't want to get too into what, what that is. I think people can like look that up themselves. Um, but you said that definitely Atlas Shrugged is a good point of reference. And what was the other? Uh, philosophy, who needs it? Yeah. Okay. So definitely check those out to learn more about ob objectivism. But I'd love to hear, you know, it, it, that's definitely seen as more of a fringe philosophy, fringe, pol if you bring it into po political philosophies as well, it's seen as more fringe. So I'd love to hear, you know, how you came about this philosophy and what it's meant for your life since. Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, uh, the way I kind of came across objectivism actually has a lot of, uh, a lot of different paths that kind of collided around the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so the first path, I would say, or the first time I was really exposed to uh, Ayn Rand and her philosophy was in high school, one of my uh, leadership teachers uh, at a leadership retreat, she just mentioned it in passing. Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't really um, think about it too much at the time. I kind of just heard the name and she said, you know, it, it changed a lot of people's opinions when, when she was in high school and university and it, and it, it really impacted her. So uh, I kind of just consider that. And then fast forward uh, to first year university. And um, I had two interests that I was, I was developing at the time. Uh, so one was uh, my interest in economics and um, especially capitalism or free market uh, philosophy, really. Mm -hmm. um, I was interested in seeing, uh, in, in reading a lot of libertarian uh, sort of articles and I was very interested in capitalism and, and, and kind of trying to defend it. I wasn't really uh, a diehard uh, capitalist or anything like that, but I was interested and I, I thought it was given a bad rap. At the same time, uh, I was getting more and more interested in um, combating what I thought was, what, what, which something which I, which I really um, kind of, took a disliking to uh, the entire kind of social justice culture around uh, university especially. Mm -hmm. And um, for that, I was, I was looking for ways in which I could defend my own beliefs against it because at first it was kind of just a, a nudge, a kind of a, kind of a, a hunch that something just didn't feel right about it to me. Um, so I was looking for something along those lines and then I stumbled upon some of Ayn Rand's uh, uh, writings, uh, some some articles and some terms that she had uh, created, and I just got really hooked. And and because she can explain her her own uh, thoughts and her philosophy extremely well. Okay, that's very that's very interesting, and it's kind of like it served a need you you were already feeling, right? Like it it fit in quite well. Well, I would say. Uh, it took me a long time to really get into objectivism completely because there were a lot of things that I initially disagreed with, um, but the arguments that 
Ayn Rand made in, in a lot of her writing were, were very convincing and I had to give them a lot of thought. And, I, mm. and over time, uh, after thinking about it for so long, eventually I just, I said, this, this is the only philosophy really that to me uh, makes sense and, and, and is, um, uh, it doesn't have any sort of um, contradictions. Yeah. Uh, and morally, it just it just works. It works so well, and it and and it explains so many things in my life that I just decided I couldn't I couldn't not be an objectivist. I couldn't sort of evade what I had read and what I understood. Yeah. So that's so it was a longer it was a longer process than you might think. But initially, there were a few things that I found that I, I that really clicked for me. Yeah. Okay. And what, how have you seen that your life has changed since you've been more concrete in adopting that philosophy? I, I like that word, <laughs> um, concrete. Uh, but um, uh, it's, it's definitely changed a lot of my uh, views and I'm, I'm much more uh, certain in my moral um, outlooks about particular um, topics or ways of going about um, certain things in life. Mm -hmm. um, I have, uh, in my in my mind, a much more uh, much more consistent beliefs, and I have uh, I've kind of developed processes for how I think about certain things, or even when I'm learning about new things, how I um, well in philosophy there's this term called uh, integration. So. Um, when I learn about new concepts and ideas, it's, uh, I, I have a much better way now of sort of integrating them into everything else that I know to be right. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's a contradiction somewhere, then I generally know that I need to look into things further and, and really get into the, the messy details, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I find quite interesting, especially in, you know, the climate that exists today, you, you're saying how you don't particularly care to be an advocate of this philosophy, right? You view it as important to you, um, but there seems to be this conflation in a lot of people's minds of if you believe something, you need to fight for it and convince people. Well, that's the thing. Like the philosophy in itself, um, and I know we, we don't, we're not going to get too far into what the philosophy exactly talks about, but I think a very core part of it is that you live for your own sake. You don't live as a martyr to some cause or some group that you happen to be a part of, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, when I when I do advocate it, um, I really only do it with people who I who I truly in my life uh, value and 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 want to kind of encourage to further look into the philosophy. Um, and uh, just whenever um, my integrity is questioned, I can I can always I can always show people like that my uh, thought processes, how they are informed, and, and and what exactly goes into the decisions that I make, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm not a I'm not a martyr for the cause. I will I will advocate. I will obviously I I obviously think it's a great thing, uh, but I'm not. I don't need to die for the cause, so to say. I don't. I don't need to uh, just keep pushing it out there with like a soapbox and and preach it to the world. I don't. I don't think that's necessarily even a, a good way of of implementing the philosophy. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, thank, thanks for sharing that. I, I really appreciate it. How have you, you, we've talked about this a bit before, how this view, because it's a bit more fringe and especially in the, and I don't mean to offend with the, the term, but especially with like, you know, younger people in a university setting tend to be more left-wing, tend to be more socialist and objectivism, objectivism is counter to that. So how have you found it's affected your relationships now that you have this more, let's call it right-wing mentality? Yeah, um, sure. And, and I want to specify, uh, it's right in, in that it's very counter to the, the left in its collectivism, right? Yeah. And that's, that's really the only association that, that I think it really has with the right. Mm -hmm. But um, so how it impacted my relationships is um, especially when uh, my friends, when I would tell them, certain things about my beliefs is that um, despite um, their experience with me, uh, despite uh, my ongoing friendship and commitment to the, to the friendship, um, some of them would go on to believe that I was completely against them even existing. Um, and that really, it really hurts because um, you kind of, I kind of see that people with the ideas that they hold, um, they create kind of a false dichotomy in their head where if I don't agree with the, the cause that they're pushing, uh, then I'm just, I'm throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I'm against everything that they stand for. I'm, I'm just against their existence in its in entirety. So I think people really come, uh, they take my, uh, disagreements with sort of an attack on their identity like yeah. it my my opinions and my existence is a threat to them mm -hmm. uh, and and it, it really it's really unfortunate because I, I really I really value I get a lot of value out of my my friends in that they, there are certain traits that they have that I, I really enjoy um, and and it's just the things that I disagree with them on um, I mean sometimes they matter but, but sometimes I get so much more value out of them for other things and, and it seems so trivial that, that they would just treat me this way because of that. Yeah, and it seems there's a growing problem seemingly everywhere of like, if you disagree on anything, that's fundamental flaws in the relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've, I've thought about it a lot and um, I, I really think that it, it gets into a very... Uh, philosophical field it gets into sort of the moral moral field of philosophy where um, because I disagree with something that's so integral to their identity uh, they think that yeah it's 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 an attack on their existence right um, I don't see the world that way I I see people as fundamentally they 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 have to be rational they have to be able to reason and um, I, I don't think that, uh, these certain values that they necessarily hold, if, if I'm disagreeing with a certain aspect of them, I don't think that it completely, uh, it's, I, I don't think it's an attack on their existence as a human being. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree with that, but it seems there's a, a prevailing thing right now that many people might disagree. Mm -hmm. 
have you found you said that you you're very focused on rationality um, and reason have you found that it's impacted your ability to feel emotionally like do you feel you might over reason now and and you know not allow yourself to feel as much because you know that's feelings are inherently somewhat unreasonable sometimes well i like to contrast um emotions with emotionalism so i think that emotions are sort of these automatic reactions you get right um so when you get sad it's it's for um you it's an automatic reaction that you feel towards something but but the reason why you get those reactions is because of some value, uh, something that you hold in your, in your mind as, as, as a value. There's something triggered that, that, that cause, like, yeah, something is triggered that causes that emotion, right? So it is because of the values that you hold that certain emotions arise, right? Now, I'm not talking about like, um, like if I were to like punch you and you feel yeah. the emotion of pain because that's a very automatic. Um, it's yeah. it's kind of in our in our nature in our by as as animals. But I'm talking about those very human emotions. Like, for instance, sadness. Um, I I think that sadness is caused a lot by you know like when someone perceives something to happen and it it goes through this really fast um, sort of process in your head where it you perceive it and then uh, based on the values you hold. It creates an emo- it creates an emotion. Mm-hmm. So emotions, I think, are really tied to reason and to what you think. Um, and so uh, I think it's it's I think emotions are really essential and 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 that's in in, in human life. And I think uh, because they're so tied to what you think uh, that you should always consider why you are feeling a certain way, right? And that's the the contrary to emotionalism, where you feel an emotion and you you let that dictate what you're going to think next, what you're going to say next, or you use it as sort of um, you use it as uh, uh, like you a use bat that as you, the reason. You use it as a weapon against the person that you are talking to. Uh, as a means to silencing them or to saying or to making them wrong in a way, yeah. right? So I think that is what emotionalism is, and I'd like to contrast that with what I think emotion is, right? Okay, that's I, I'd never heard that distinction in that way, and it actually it it fits in well with some of the mindfulness stuff I've been doing about it's about uh, responding, not reacting. You can feel the emotion, but it's about understanding where that comes from. And then you're actually getting more control over it. Yeah, I think it's it's really important that you know where your emotions are coming from, um, because then you can make very rational decisions about well, how are you going to deal with this? You know, like like uh, let's say you know a loved one passes away or something, and and you're you're extremely sad. And in that case, I mean, someone who has a very um, a, like a, a basic view of, of, of rationality, right? They might say, oh, well, uh, it's always, you know, it's always irrational to cry because crying doesn't get anything done. And Well, no, I think in that case, it's ex- it's completely acceptable. In fact, almost necessary to grieve because it's something that you lost that, that you really care about, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there's a very justifiable, rational case to 
being emotional in, in a lot of different contexts. I, I definitely agree, but it's very fascinating to me to hear this from what I what I view as like the objectivist view, right? Like yeah. from my, albeit, you know, very, I don't have much knowledge of the philosophy, but it's often conflated with, you know, roboticism, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know, I know that, that, um, is kind of something that is associated with, with objectivism and it's really unfortunate because, uh, one of my favorite things about objectivism is, is the, the view that it takes on things like art and storytelling and the, the mind, like as a, as a, as a source of, uh, imagination and creativity, um, Cause like I love uh, you know movies and and I'm getting more into uh, poetry now, and uh, those are things that you might not think are like very logical, right? But they're such a good means of of uh, of getting value out of life that that they're they're so important to me now, and and I wouldn't trade and I wouldn't if 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 the world got rid of art, I I don't think it would be worth living anymore. To be honest, it would just be such a such a dreaded existence. Yeah, I mean, I can probably agree with that, but yeah. again, I'm just I'm I'm a little caught off guard because um, this isn't what you typically hear from this philosophy. Yeah. Um. So you know, I came to learn about objectivism through you, but also much more through a political lens. Um. But you're making it seem like it's much more of a personal lens for you. Oh yeah. Do you find? You know, you were recently at a conference around this as well. Do you find the average person, the average person at this conference, are they more so bought into the personal philosophy or the actual political philosophy of it? Well, um, oh, that's interesting that you said that. So, uh, at uh, I've been to two conferences where uh, there's a lot of objectivists. One was student-centered. It was called Ayn RandCon. And the other one was OCON, so Objectivist Conference. And the Ayn RandCon for students was much more mixed bag, I would say. It was a lot of people that were maybe just slightly interested in objectivism, but you got a lot more um, libertarians, some conservatives, even, uh, even some liberals, uh, which was surprising to me. But I mean, I, if they're interested, they're interested, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and... For a lot of them, um, they were very interested in the political stuff. Uh, like they would always talk policy. They would talk like, uh, you know, um, about what the current, you know, the president was doing or, or during the elections, how that was going, you know. And like, I think politics is something you should definitely think about, of course. But uh, for instance, at Ocon, uh, there was not like there was maybe one conversation talking about Trump in the in the entire week I was there. Like they barely mentioned him because it's just such a it it's so like when you're in a in a conference where you're talking to these people who are interested in these philosophic ideas, politics is the last thing you want to talk about. You want to talk about uh, you know um, uh, life events. Uh, you want to talk about different art that you've experienced that you really enjoy. Uh, you want to talk about certain ideas around uh, these philosophical concepts called like epistemology and metaphysics. Um, and, you know, you would get into like, 
you would have these conversations where you you just meet someone like oh hi how are you make some small talk maybe and then and then it would get just straight into um, you know like oh you know what where did Immanuel Kant go go wrong on his philosophy and and um, you know like how does it relate to Plato's uh, world of uh, sorry um, world of forms and <laughs> and it was just it was so uh, it was almost surreal. Uh, but it was amazing. I loved it because because yeah. all these things that are just pent up and you want to talk about to people, yeah. uh, but you can't because they don't have the same prerequisite knowledge as you. Mm-hmm. And then you get into this room where everyone has the same prerequisite knowledge, and and you could just you could just talk and talk and talk and talk and 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 you stay interested because it's just it's just such a passionate topic to talk, to think yeah. about. Well, yeah. that's incredible to hear, and yeah. uh, it's good that there are communities around that. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of how it's impacted, impacted you, like the average person overall, I would assume, labels you with the political yeah. label, right? Yeah. So I hear you're an objectivist or identify with that philosophy, and I think you're these things politically, and I, dis- I probably dismiss you. Yeah. Um, and you said your friends had that reaction as well to some degree. So how does it feel to be treated like in that way, like be labeled with the politics, which you said you don't even particularly, like you have it as your own belief, but you don't care to push it. It's just how you choose to live your life. You know, I, I, I do have a certain view of, of, of how politics should work out. Um, but, um, and I, I have to admit, um, a lot of my struggles with my friends in university, it's not completely their fault, right? It's, a lot of it is my uh, struggling to uh, articulate and to express my own ideas, um, and and that's been a constant process of, of of figuring out how to really express my ideas in the best way possible. I used to be really didactic, like really um, like this is how it should be, and this is wrong, and and this is all bad. And I, I realized over time that, uh, especially negative statements, um, they don't really work at convincing people. And it's not a matter of really if the person, like I could, I could dismiss them as being, oh, you know, they're like irrational, ignorant people. Uh, no, I, I have a lot of respect for uh, my friends and I, I think they are capable and, and reasoning people. It's just that I approach a lot of my or I used to approach a lot of my problems from um, with like ignoring their context uh, mm. and 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 I'm realizing much more now that uh, if you frame uh, a lot of your uh, opinions and things in the context of the person that you're talking to um, it it's not like it's not a cheap way at like tricking them into agreeing with you it's just it's just recognizing that there are certain things they don't know. There are certain things that you might not know about them. Uh, and, you know, you, you have to try your best to frame it in a way that they can understand and relate. Well, I think that's hitting the nail on the head kind of generally yeah. that, you know, going into a conversation trying to understand their context is important for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciate you sharing that. We, we only have a couple minutes left, so I'd love to hear about... Um, how you identify generally, right? So 
is you know your objectivist philosophy like the leading thing you feel about yourself or you know for some people it, you know there's a wide range mm -hmm. of how people you know view themselves mm -hmm. so i'd love to hear about how it fits into you overall mm -hmm. um man uh, how I identify myself should probably be one of the easiest things to come to someone. Um, I would I would say definitely objectivism is uh, a very motivating uh, force behind my my personality, uh, or rather, it's sort of integral to my personality. But I mean, in terms of words to describe me, I would say. Um, in, inspired, um, passionate, uh, a little romantic, uh, and uh, maybe even conscientious in a way. Um, if if I were to describe myself in in those kind of adjectives, mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah, I think. I think those things uh, really impact or really motivate my life now and and those are how I would describe myself because I mean like I'm I'm taking for instance like uh, dance classes right now and it's just so full of life that that's why I do it is mm -hmm. that it's very uh, dancing is, is a very life affirming thing to me and so is doing sports and working out and reading uh, especially now getting into the, the whole poetry thing. And uh, I'm also a very motivated person. I mean, in my job, I, which I love, uh, I get to do the things that I want to do and I'm, I'm on the path of what I think is the best possible path for my career and for my, my ultimate goals, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I guess that's how I would describe myself. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I just, I like always, you know, bringing in that Regardless of what we talk about or how other people identify someone, there's always so many layers and you can never, it's hard enough for someone to capture it for themselves mm -hmm. and it's near impossible for anyone else to capture yeah. it. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, I think, I think you, you got to write it down probably, you know, like <laughs> really think about what, 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 it, what drives you. you yeah. know? Well, I, thank you for coming on and sharing about your philosophy and yourself um, and thanks everyone for tuning in. Remember to subscribe on YouTube, support us on Patreon, and I'd love to hear your comments on objectivism and, and anything else. Uh, be sure to tune in next time to The Safe Space. Mm -hmm.